This podcast has been made possible by Planful and U.S. Bank. This is episode 588. Hi, it's Jack Sweeney. On this episode of CFO Thought Leader, we're pleased to feature Brian Whalen, CFO of Branch. But right now, we have a COVID briefing for you. As many of us might recall, Seattle was perhaps the first city to capture many a grim headline in relation to COVID-19. We recently spoke with CFO Peter Mayer of CMD Agency, a full-service marketing and advertising agency with offices in Seattle and California. We'll be featuring our episode with Peter later this month, but right now, here's what he shared with us as it relates to COVID-19. This is CFO Peter Mayer. I guess probably in the first week of March, we had to close our Seattle office uh, and have people work remotely. And it was about the second week in March that we did the same for our Portland office. I guess we have the good, the good fortune of having had enough experience working remotely as an agency. A lot of people have flexible schedules. A lot of the work we do is digital. It's impacting us. It's still unclear as to what the second quarter's revenue is going to look like, but we're projecting it'll be down probably by 25% at least. We know from a couple of large events that our clients were sponsoring um, have been canceled. Uh, So that has a direct impact on some of the projects we were doing. But we also see there are some opportunities for us to use our services to help in in this sort of environment and get the messaging out in paid and social media in, in, in ways that don't require a physical conference or event. So it's going to be interesting. Um, we were, got to say this in the, in the nicest way, we, we strive to not have to close the business or or seriously um, cut back staff. We had a, a relatively small riff of about 5% of the population uh, last month, and we imposed a salary reduction, sort of a tiered salary reduction, depending on how much your annual salary was, to avoid a more broad uh, riff, if you will. Um, and we have recently applied for um, relief uh, through one of the CARES uh, Act programs, the Payroll Protection Program to be specific. But it's going to be largely based on how much revenue we continue to generate while we're in this sort of remote environment in the next quarter.
Hi, it's Jack Sweeney. On today's show, we speak to CFO Brian Whalen of Branch, a fintech startup whose offerings are designed to help your employees operate more fiscally responsible. We speak to Brian about how analytics expertise allowed him to segue from physics to finance and place him on the CFO business development track. Our interview begins after this. In an ever-changing world, it can be tough to keep up with the latest FP&A trends and innovations that keep you ahead of the game. Luckily, there's a podcast for that. Tune in to Being Planful, the podcast for finance leaders and planning experts, and stay in the know about what's happening in planning and forecasting. Guests like influencer Chris Ortega, Boston Red Sox CFO Tim Zhu and Brian Lapidus of AFP will keep you up to speed on how you can put finance in the driver's seat this year. Find the full episodes at beingplanful.com or wherever you get your podcasts. P.S. Think you might make a great guest on the show? Shoot host Rowan Tonkin an email at beingplanful.com at planful.com. Hello, we're speaking with Brian Whalen, CFO of Branch. Brian, welcome. Thank you for having me, Jack. Brian, we're going to begin where we always do, which is to ask you to look back for us and share with us some of those experiences you feel prepared you for a CFO role. What comes to mind for you? Yeah, so I was uh, fortunate enough, I was actually doing mechanical engineering, working on the Virginia class submarine design back in the early 90s and got recruited into a credit card company that saw analytics as its competitive advantage. It was a company called First USA Bank. And they were big on use, leveraging the analytics uh, and to drive the business. And uh, as an engineer, they, they looked at, at us as people who could do that. Um, and so was blessed to have been uh, recruited by them. And uh, they were also big on cross-training the employees. So I moved between departments from collections to marketing to portfolio acquisition and so I was blessed with the opportunity to really learn the full business um, grounded in the financial metrics across all those departments. Uh, essentially, it was an on-the-job MBA. Um, and then the second was following my friends at First USA uh, to become part of a founding team of a company called Bill Me Later in 2000. Uh, I was the first finance person, but I was also doing business development and uh, startup life. You do whatever else it takes. And uh, it was an amazing experience. We were we pivoted the company from uh, the original business model that was spun out of Nortel, which was to put transactions on phone cards, into uh, an online payment business that uh, we eventually sold to PayPal in 2008 for a billion dollars. Exciting! Now you do take a break for an MBA, or do you do that as you are are working? I did that as I was working. There was a, a moment in uh, 2005 where 
um, I, I saw the opportunity to, uh, while I had a lot of on-the-job experience across many departments, uh, I still wanted to have a little bit more of that holistic sense of the business, of, of business in general, uh, the breadth of opportunities, uh, understanding maybe a little deeper on the accounting side. And so uh, had the opportunity to take, uh, I was part of the inaugural class of Darden's uh, Executive MBA at University of Virginia. And so took advantage of that and managed to uh, take get my MBA while still working at Bill Me Later. Um, and the team at Bill Me Later was very supportive. So, you know, it's, again, we, we're big on supporting each other across a, a, a range of outcomes. And, and they were really supportive of me getting that MBA. Now, tell us something about your mindset at that place in time. Because as you explained, uh, analytics was the segue from engineering uh, sort of to finance or uh, really business development. Still, it's not a, a traditional finance uh, lane that you're in. That's, I think that's exactly right. Uh, it's really leveraging that analytics and gaining, uh, using just, you know, from a, just a general business perspective, you know, you learn pounds per square inch analytics uh, in engineering school, and now you're just applying it to, you know, what's the cash flow or what's the, you know, where's a good investment. And so it was, it's, it's pretty, pretty scalable uh, education wise. Now, do you, uh, do you relocate to the West Coast when you join PayPal? After the acquisition, I did relocate out to San Jose for three years. Uh, myself and my family uh, ran business development for PayPal North America, as well as the pricing and really got to, it was nice being in the headquarters of PayPal uh, and, and really kind of steeping myself in their, in their business, uh, aside from the, the credit business that I was used to. Well, we'll likely want to come back to you uh, with a few more questions regarding your, your career a little later uh, during our mentoring round. Uh, but right now, let's find out about Branch. And I know you've only walked through the door, <laughs> uh, but uh, tell us about this company and what are uh, some of the challenges you'll be addressing this year? Yes. Yeah, so Branch is the only challenger bank working with employers to help working Americans grow their financial stability. So we have a B2B2C business model where we want to help the employers help their employees. Uh, it's good for the employers in that you know a financially stable employee is a is a happier employee is reduces retention and or increases retention reduces absenteeism. So it really drives uh, value for the employer, which which is important in the B two B two C space as as most know. Uh, and then helping the employee is the most important, which is. Uh, you know, we've often seen the statistics, 60% of Americans have less than $400 in savings. Our goal is to increase that uh, dramatically so that we can have working Americans who have the financial stability. So if there are shocks in the economy, such as we might be seeing in the near future, that they are prepared for, uh, for those negative outcomes, or even in a more personal level, uh, a child gets sick, uh, a car breaks down, they have the, the wherewithal to, to manage that. Are you uh, are you a founder of Branch or are you joining a team? I am joining a team. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a, a multi year journey. They've uh, it's been a fascinating journey for them. They've started with workforce management, always really focused on an employer to the employee, always a B two B two C model. But I'm just uh, hopping aboard uh, uh, mid flight, if you will. 
and help us uh, connect the dots here. It seems to me your past experience is pretty uh, much a straight line here. But but tell us, as you had those initial conversations with the folks at Branch, it was clear to you that you could bring bring the type of value they were looking for in a C-suite executive. Yeah. So they when they were they really moved from a SaaS business into into sort of this fintech uh, banking like um, business model. And so, you know, I've been doing fintech for 20 years, probably before it was even called fintech. And for me, the opportunity was uh, to leverage, you know, having seen all of the range of outcomes of a fintech business, you know, great exit to PayPal. Uh, I've sold a couple companies uh, at a much lower valuation to, uh, to other people. Um, and so for me, it was, Leveraging my understanding, I think, of building out unit economics, really, how do we invest in, in the business? Um, how do we manage liquidity, debt, uh, you know, equity, so that we can have the, the, the best runway that we could have? And so I think that's where really the, the overlap between myself and the branch needs was, was critical. It's um, just given that you're just arriving, I, I usually ask this type of question, Years from now, when you look back at this career chapter you've just opened, what what distinguishes it from other chapters? What you know? What will you achieve here? Uh, for me, it does go back to the financial stability question. It's how many people can we positively impact, and can we create savings for the the average working American? Um, you know, this is an opportunity I think to do well and do good and. Um, there, there's no reason, I think, at, at this point with the technology where it's at and where fintech's where it's at, where you can't do both at the same time. And so for me, it's how many employers and employees can we have a positive outcome on? You know, my goal would be 10 million, I, you know, whatever, whatever the, the right number is, it's move that 60% uh, having less than $400 down. It, you know, if we could cut it in half, if we could eliminate it, obviously, that would be the ultimate goal. That's the obvious North Star. But um, you know, moving millions of people into that into that positive space uh, is really the the measure by which uh, I'll be judged. So you're helping the employees of organizations uh, become financially responsible. Is it is it the company itself who adopts branches offerings and uh, branches offerings helps the company, their employees more fiscally respond? You know, what is, what, what's the approach exactly? Uh, you, you've basically captured it. So we sell into the employers. So we will sell an employer on the ability to help their employees uh, have better financial stability. And so fundamentally, we are salt. What we provide to the employees is a no fee uh, checking account with a debit card, they can attach their direct deposit right to it. So it's, you know, very highly focused on the underbanked uh, or unbanked as the case may be. Um, we provide them that free checking. They also within the application can pick up additional shifts. So there's a, a you know, it, I have a shortfall in my cash flow this week. Uh, you know, I need to pick up a little because, you know, I, I'm going, I want to go on vacation, uh, whatever the case may be. Um, they can pick up shifts right through the application. Additionally, there's earned wage access. So if they need uh, the car breaks down and they need to tap into a couple hundred dollars uh, a week early, uh, they've already worked it. We have that integration with the employer so that we know the employer uh, that they've already worked at the employer for the reasonable amount of time. Um, uh, we're integrated into their 
pay, payroll system. So they get their, uh, their uh, earned wage access early, you know, the money early. Uh, they put it on the debit card. We don't charge them a fee, uh, which is really the key to it is as long as they're spending it on that debit card, there's no charge to the employee. And we make our money essentially off of interchange, you know, traditional uh, credit card, debit card fees. Now, is this a solution that would be more attractive to a company that works with many contractors or independents? Um, or no, these are this is designed for full-time employees. I would say it's mostly uh, anyone who's really on the hourly basis. So it could be it could be contractors. It could be uh, retail. It could be you know where you have a lot of hourly workers uh, who are you know struggling to make ends meet. Um, could be uh, quick service uh, restaurants, QSRs. Could be healthcare. Uh, it really, I think the gamut is anybody who has uh, uh, Americans in that middle income bracket uh, where they need tools that uh, are not usually available to them, right? As they say, you know, uh, being poor is expensive. And so our goal is to eliminate that challenge for them. So uh, there is some appeal perhaps to finance leaders out there to have this set of tools to uh, help its employees become better financial stewards of their own lives. Is that sort of the... Exactly. And then... You know, if they're happier, uh, our goal is then they improve their retention rates uh, without, you know, necessarily the the uh, without the recruiting issues and uh, reducing absenteeism. So that's really the, the benefit to the employer for having a, a more financially stable employee. Whereas companies have attempted to, you know, create tools that can help employees have better visibility into their health care and options and what have you. This is a tool that similarly is going to help them uh, manage their lives better. Is there a correlation there? Is That's there... the exact parallel. It's yeah. taking a lot of what's been done with healthcare and, uh, and, and bringing it over to the, to the financial side of things, making healthcare awareness the, the same as financial awareness. It's, it's really that exact parallel. This is a, a fairly early stage uh, company. Uh, are, are you out there raising money today or where, whereabouts are you? We are not raising money today, but we're always talking to investors. I think the nature of a venture back business is you're, even when you're not, actually looking for the check, you're always raising money, you're always selling, um, because you don't know if and when a great offer comes, or if and when you're going to need additional capital, because a great opportunity presents itself uh, from a from a growth perspective. So you're always raising um, venture debt, you know, whatever the case may be. So we always like to ask for a finance strategic moment. And uh, this is where uh, during the course of your career, uh, your lines of sight into the organization allowed you to see an opportunity or a risk which you responded to, you acted upon. Uh, what 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 comes to mind when we ask for a finance strategic moment? Yeah, so the probably not dissimilar to some people. The 2008 credit crisis was absolutely you know it hit Bill me later like a sledgehammer and uh, like the like a lot of lending businesses uh, in 2007. When the subprime mortgage uh, began to face troubles, we we thought it might have more implications than it did without knowing really the extent that it was going to be. Um, so we began, uh, Bill Me Later, to, we made the decision to how do we tighten credit 
sacrificing some growth for the quality of assets uh, and, and, and cash flow and preserving cash. Um, and uh, additionally, went out and raised an additional round of funding. Uh, we raised $100 million from Amazon and T Road, amongst a few others, um, and kicked off a bunch of potential suitors uh, just in case. And so when the credit crisis peaked in 2008, uh, we had a, a, a credit facility with Citibank for a billion dollars. And they were, and that was a pretty shaky proposition at that point. Um, we had just enough liquidity and options um, to give us the runway to sell to eBay and PayPal for that, for that billion dollars. So from a learning perspective, it was really, how do you keep that optionality open? How do you keep your liquidity uh, choices available to you so that you can, if something bad hits or something good, even on the, on the flip side, if there's a growth opportunity, you have to have those liquidity options available to you um, to, to capture that moment. Um, you know, we, we joke that it's better lucky than good, but you, you, to a certain extent, we made our own luck um, by, by being prepared for those, for those outcomes and having uh, prescience would be the wrong word, but kind of seeing that, you know, there is a risk on the horizon and preparing for that risk. <laughs> well, we certainly know that to be true these days. When we return, Brian Whalen enters the mentoring round after this. The business landscape is changing quickly. As the pressure to manage expenses efficiently and strategically increases, you need solutions that not only help drive down costs and improve efficiencies, but meet the changing needs of your business. At U.S. Bank, we can help. We'll work with you to uncover your specific payment challenges and bring you proactive and innovative solutions and strategies that help you meet the financial goals of your organization. Our commitment to doing the right thing for our customers has earned us the designation of one of the world's most ethical companies from the Ethisphere Institute for six years in a row. To learn more, visit us at usbpayment.com. We're back with CFO Brian Whalen, and we're entering the mentoring round, where we begin with a big question. What is it that's exciting you about finance and business today? Uh, Finance-wise, the tools available, uh, frankly, from to, to make sure that the entire business sees the financial impacts of what they do. You know, I remember once upon a time building a, 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 we built a system at First USA so that we could show people how certain credit card portfolios were working. It was an incredibly manual effort. It took a lot of time, money, and energy, and barely anyone used it. And today it's a click of the button with a BI tool. Um, so to me, that's a fascinating tool that really can help the whole company get aligned around business metrics and goals and forecasting and outcomes. Um, and then, you know, from a from a, a business model perspective, the idea that we can put banking on a mobile app for for people reduce that that cost that infrastructure cost that the big banks have. Right, we don't have. Uh, you know, real estate that we have to manage. So we can actually provide the services to the, to the working Americans without the, the fees and the overhead and, uh, and hopefully make, you know, make banking a little bit cheaper for them and a little bit better for them and give them services that they otherwise wouldn't have. I mean, uh, uh, as an example, going back to the uh, sh- sharing uh, shifts, 
you know, that's something that would have had to have been done back in my day when I worked at a supermarket, you know, you'd have had to call somebody else to cover for you. And now you can just do it right on your phone. So I think it's a, it's a great place to be from a changing the business model standpoint. Now, Brian, you've had a number of CFO tours of duty. Uh, you are a, I would call you an entrepreneurial CFO. It seems like you've, you've pursued number, uh, multiple opportunities. When you think back, when you first stepped into that first CFO role, what is that piece of advice you'd give yourself today? Uh, don't be afraid to hire people smarter than you. You know, there's always this, I think, especially when you're in your first role, that moment of, um, you know, you want to be, uh, there's the risk that you want to be smarter than everybody else that you want to have all the answers and it's, you know, take a deep breath. It's okay to not have the answers. Make sure you have that, uh, that self-awareness to know where your gaps are and find people who can fill in those gaps for you. Um, there's, there's nothing more important than a team because, you know, even whether it's in sports or business, not everybody can do everything and find the people who are going to make you a better, uh, better at your job and you can make them better at theirs. So build out the team and find the best people you can. It's somewhat obvious, but at the same time, uh, I think when you're initially getting into those roles, it can be a little bit of, uh, uh, you can let ego potentially get in the way. I want to take you back to, I'll call them your your square peg days when you were an engineer, perhaps. Uh, I, I think it's something that it's important to draw out that not everyone starts on uh, the tr same track that leads them uh, to a CFO role, that's for sure. Uh, some have to change altogether. I think you were perhaps a square peg at uh, one time. What What did you experience way back when? Uh, so from an, when I was in high school or, or whatnot, I was I really did want to be an engineer. I loved jets and wanted to be an aeronautical engineer and ended up as a mechanical, very close to. Um, but I think what I learned was what I what I loved was uh, pace, a faster pace. You know, nuclear submarine design takes ten years to deliver a product, um, not you know, which for good reason. But for me, that was uh, too slow. Which And so for me, finance and especially the entrepreneurial side of the finance was how do I find opportunities where I can help grow things quickly, um, find new opportunities? Where do we spend time today? It's different than where it was yesterday. Um, and so stumbled into more of the financial aspect of it, um, not with any plan, but with the knowledge that I wanted to do things that were fast and exciting and growing uh, and growing a business. And so I think uh, then within that found that finance was a, was a, was the calling for me. Um, although, you know, with a background in marketing and business development um, to, to bring that flavor to, to the finance role. Uh, to have that self-awareness then was important, meaning that you realized you couldn't be satisfied unless uh, your world was going to move a little more quickly. Want you to see if you can reflect a little more uh, in a personal nature. We always like to ask if there's a habit or a routine that you have that you believe in some way has contributed to uh, your professional success. So it's something on your sort of your personal side that you do that has in some way contributed uh, uh, to business success. Yeah, I love history. So uh, used to be a lot more reading, although I think uh, we can agree that podcasts are eating a lot of the reading world. Um, and so I love, uh, studying history. Um, I think it's a, 
great way to understand human nature and interactions uh, writ large. And I think um, it, for me, it actually, from a personal perspective, what it does is it helps provide uh, awareness of, around finding multiple perspectives around issues, um, and whether that's personal or professional. Um, there's, it's rare that there's a one-sided approach, and I think history always bears that out. And so I think it, it gives me that uh, that approach of of trying to understand the other side uh, more so than than not. Uh, is there a book? you'd recommend? Yeah. You know, I'm a, I, I love a book that was called, uh, it's called Dune. It was written by Frank Herbert back in the late sixties. And, uh, you know, on the face, it was a, a science fiction book, but what really elevates the book is that, uh, you can peel back the layers and it's a, there's a, a broad range of commentaries on environmentalism, uh, the politics of scarce resources, uh, religion, revolutions, moral challenges. So it's a book that, you know, when I reread it, I can find uh, new layers to it. And it really, uh, and, it, and it varies depending on where I am in my life and where I, uh, you know, where the current events are. Um, you can imagine politics of scarce resources being a, a, an interesting one, um, you know, when we face things like oil crises or, and whatnot. Well, we're going to now ask you to look forward for us and tell us what are your priorities over the next 12 months as a finance leader? What are those priorities? So as the first CFO, I think for me, it's building out the financial systems and controls, you know, laying the, you know, common ground for for future uh, financial uh, employees, uh, instituting an analytical framework and process so that we can make sound decisions uh, on growth and uh, and making sure that we're investing where we need to and developing out and managing that liquidity strategy that I referred to earlier, where uh, making sure that we have the options available to us so that if we go and find a large employer that we want to sign, that we have the liquidity to grow uh, with, with those big opportunities. So I think they're really all the elements of the same problem, which is really just establishing the uh, you know, the, the tools so that branch can grow effectively and profitably. Okay, Brian Whalen, thank you for joining us on CFO Thought Leader. Thank you so much. Hello, listeners. Do us a favor, be certain to subscribe to CFO Thought Leader on Apple Podcasts, or if you're an Android user, check us out on Spotify or Google Play. If you like the show, please recommend it to a friend. Oh, and by the way, the CFO Yearbook 2021 Print Edition debuts on Amazon this quarter, featuring 100 profiles of finance leaders from our 2020 season. Would you like to learn more about our CFO guests? Order the CFO Yearbook 2021. Thank you for supporting our efforts to bring you career journeys of CFOs driving change. We'll be back with another episode very soon. Thank you for listening.